Well, thank you all for taking a moment with me in that. Um, our, our children are uh, dismissed to kids' worship, to the kids' table now uh, for their special time. And um, just to got, let you guys know, rumor has it that next week, next week at this service, we're going to be celebrating Christmas Eve and our young friends are going to be sharing a very special song with us. So you do not want to miss out on their special song as we worship and celebrate Jesus' birth. But we're not there yet. So um, just welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm Pastor Chris. I'm the pastor here at Table Life Church. This is your first time with us or if you've been with us a long time. Especially wanted to welcome you. And, um, and by the way, uh, Ben's flashing hat, my sweater. You'll see a couple of other people dressed like in interesting ways. Uh, we're celebrating our Christmas sweater Sunday and common meal after this service. So I invite you to stay after. We're going to have a meal together and... Um, and yeah, just celebrate the joy, the joy of the season. So, um, so thanks for, for joining us today. And we are in the third week of Advent. We've lit our third candle. Like Michaela so well said, it's not because we ran out of purple ones. The pink candle of joy, the joy that stands out in the light and the darkness. And you can see that if we really turn out the lights in this room, that um, each week as we light a new candle, it gets a little bit brighter. It gets a little bit brighter, and that shows that as we anticipate Jesus' coming, as we sell, leading towards Christmas and Christmas Eve, uh, the light comes and arrives in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I'm glad you came to worship today. Um, so, so today, we're going to talk about the topic that everybody just loves to do, the topic of waiting. Waiting. We're in this sermon series that we've um, taught, that we're calling, that we've called Seated, about being seated with Jesus, taking some time out of our busy schedules leading up to Christmas, talking about waiting because Advent, whether you like it or not, is a season we're reminded you gotta wait. You gotta wait. Um, so I want you to just think for a second. Have you had an experience maybe recently that you had to wait? Maybe a not so fun experience that you had to wait. Um, and th th this is a picture of, I guess it was just a, maybe about a month ago, um, I had an opportunity to go down to Orlando to, to fill in at the last minute to be an MC at this conference thing. And um, this was the Orlando airport on my way home. Um, just a mess, complete mess. And I have to say, like they call it like the happiest place on earth. The Orlando airport is not the happiest place on earth, especially when people are departing. Um, and so you have kids like crying, you have like adults cussing, it's just like, you know, what happened? I thought like you came from Mickey and all that fun kind of stuff. But um, it was just a mess and they have, you can see like further in the, in the distance, there's, there's little signs up there, they have like estimated wait time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they lie. They lie. Uh, and you're like standing there and you're like, well, what line am I in? I don't even know what, like, you can't even find out where lines are. Um, and so that experience, as well as, like, some others waiting in line recently for uh, different sh uh, stores and whatnot, um, reminded me the fact I do not like to wait. Do you like to wait? Does anybody like to wait? Anybody? I have met one person, and that was a person with seven children who enjoyed being on her own shopping, and she enjoyed her time in line, just sitting there smiling. The one time I, I was behind her in line, I just happened to be, and I'm like, you look like a really happy, joyful person. Like, why is that? She's like, I'm away from my seven children. I am enjoying this time, just standing here right in line. And I'm like, well, you're probably the only person on earth, right? 
But um, I came across this, this article just about waiting, um, and it's interesting. Uh, the, the, there's a ride at, at Walt Disney World, um, the Frozen ride. I don't know if anybody has been there as a Disney fan, but there's a, based on the movie Frozen, there's a ride. Um, when it first opened, when it first opened, get this, the wait time was five hours. Five hours. It like holds like the record for like one of the longest waits in all of Disney. Um, and so when I read that, it really got me curious. And the, the procrastinator in me, as I write my sermons, procrastinator in me, got me curious to say, let me just start Googling what different wait times are for different things. Um, so get this. McDonald's has a very um, precise time, average time of wait when you're going through the drive through their estimated wait time, average wait time, is 208.2 seconds. How many minutes is that? I don't know. Three, three and a half? Three and a half minutes. Yeah, I have to do the math real quick in my head. So very, uh, 208.2 seconds. Um, in the course of your lifetime, if you're a driver, you will spend six months of your life waiting at stoplights. Six months, gone. Bye-bye. Maybe, and if you live in a congested area, probably even more so. Um, if you call somebody at the IRS, ah, you know where this is going. Uh, IRS, the average wait time you will be on hold is 108 minutes. Like, I don't even know what it is around tax season, right? Just forget that. Just like, you know, file late, file late. I don't know. Um, if you live in Los Angeles, which is why none of us live there, unless you're watching online maybe, um, in a given year you will spend four and a half days sitting in traffic. Four and a half days of your life in traffic. And get this, can you guess the average, and maybe this is, a, you've experienced this, but can you guess the average wait time to get in to see a doctor these days? The average wait time to get in to see a doctor. 18 days. 18 days. I'm not talking about sitting in the waiting room, thankfully, but like to get in to see somebody is is in the waiting room. And I think that's the reason why many of us don't like to go to the doctor, myself included. Um, there's actually a room named after waiting, the waiting room. And, and that's not only just the waiting room, but you're around all the germy people, right? If you didn't have something coming in, you're probably taking something home. I know plenty of people, right? Um, but, but it's interesting, when you're sitting in a waiting room, you know, there's all of, like, other people, like, they're, like, the magazines from, like, last year that are sitting there in some offices, and it's a very uncomfortable experience, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, everybody's on their phone or doing something, and then what happens? You see the door open, right? The nurse comes out, and everybody goes like this, right? And what do they say? Betsy, right? And uh, Betsy, and you're like, oh, right? You, like, sit there, and it's not Betsy, um, and then finally... When the door does open and they do call your name, hey, Chris, please come back, you know, you go back, but you are not done. You're not done. You just enter, exited waiting room number one and you enter what? Waiting room number two. After they take your height, your weight, your blood pressure, all that stuff, please sit here, here, ma'am. And what do they say? The doctor will be right with you. Yeah, right, right. They lie. You're there for another like 30 minutes. There's one experience I was there over an hour and it's not only that, but it's colder and smaller and some nature of appointments, too. They make you put on that beautiful little gown. And you're sitting there, like, huddled there. And it's a, you're wondering what is going to happen. Um, but just thinking about this, though, a significant chunk of our lives is spent sitting in the waiting room of life. Significant chunk. Um, see, we just talked about the things that you can see. 
uh, the things that we can see and measure, but there's also some other things that are like uncountable things, unmeasurable things. You know, like for instance, the average time a parent waits for a teenager to want to hang out with them again, right? An unknown, an unknown. Um, the average time maybe a, a person, maybe this is you, has spent trying to find a spouse or trying to find a meaningful job. Um, what's the average time waiting for an apology or waiting for reconciliation? Um, what's the time spent for a loved one to come to their senses and stop behaving the way that they've been behaving, right? You can think of all kinds of things that we wait for and that we pray for, and maybe that's you right now, waiting for something. But if life is about waiting, it's also important to note that our faith is about waiting. See, because a significant part of following Jesus involves waiting, and I can pretty much make the conclusion or I can draw the conclusion right now just by your reactions that you're probably no better than, at waiting than I am. <laughs> but, but we as human beings, we're not wired to wait. We're not wired to wait, at least wait well. So the question is today, the question really isn't how will we have to wait? How will we wait or will we wait for things to happen or to not happen? But the question is how will we wait? Not will we, but how will we wait? For those things in life. Uh, and, and so just to be honest, you know, I believe, I believe that, that God continues to do miracles today. God continues to heal and to restore and to redeem and to make changes that maybe you weren't even expecting. Um, and and, and that, that's so important, but it's also important to note that sometimes it happens not in the ways that we think or the ways that we predict. And it's more than okay. It's more than okay to have high expectations of God because I think we kind of resort to the bottom. We kind of set low expectations and say, oh, well, God doesn't really do that stuff anymore. He's not going to bring those things to pass. But we know that as we wait, the waiting room, that as it's frustrating and it's hard and that we don't want to do it, um, all of us will be in that place of asking and waiting. And all of us will ask, you know, how long, right, how long will I, should I hope, should I expect, should I continue to wait on God? Well, the good news is if you've ever asked that question, then you are in a long line of people who have done exactly that. A long line of people over the centuries, people with a relationship with God that have wondered the question like, God, what's up with your timing why are you delayed here? Where are you? you know, and in the Bible, there's so many passages, and there's people that, that echo that same sentiment. Um, and one of my favorites, one of my favorites is a psalm in the book of Psalms um, that I can go to over and over and over, and it really resonates with me. I want to share this with you, and maybe it'll resonate with you. Psalm 13 says, How long, O Lord? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Don't you just love the honesty of the author there? Like these are like song lyrics, by the way. So, so somebody's probably singing this. But, but don't you just love the, the gut-level honesty that's there? And so I wish, I wish I had an answer for you to those questions and to the questions you're asking um, but the thing is, like, I can't tell you, as your pastor, I can't tell you how long you will have to wait. You know, today, but, but I want to talk about, instead, what waiting looks like or can look like in our life. 
In our faith, we recognize that it's a must. It's a must to have to wait. We have to learn how to wait well. Uh, and so we're going to look at two stories, two stories in Scripture that reflect on the importance of waiting, on the importance of waiting. And, and they actually take place they actually take place after Jesus' birth, not long after, but after. And, and so if you're not used to hearing these stories, maybe you've never heard them in your life before, that's like totally okay. A lot of times in Advent and the Christmas season, we kind of skip over these stories. If you do read through the New Testament Gospels, you will come to them. But uh, a lot of times in church, we just kind of gloss them over. Once Jesus is born, we fast forward to 30 years later. But basically, <clears throat> the Gospel of Luke, we have four accounts of life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They each tell a little bit of a different spin on the story of Jesus from different perspectives to different audiences. But Luke, Luke says, Mary and Joseph, after Jesus was born, they did what you were supposed to do at the time after having a son. And, and what they did was that you had to name him, and you had to circumcise him, and you had to take him to the temple to dedicate him 40 days after his birth. That was kind of the tradition of the time. And so Mary and Joseph, as good Jews, they, they go to the temple for this. But it's interesting, at the temple, at the temple, 40 days after Jesus' birth, they run into two very eclectic characters, two very interesting people named Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna. And so we're going to read the stories of Simeon and Anna here. Um, and I want you to see if you notice what's similar about them. It's also printed in your worship guide if you want to follow along or underline, take notes. So Luke 2, chapter, chapter 2, uh, verses 25 to 28. Now there was a man. In Jerusalem, named Simeon, who was righteous and devout, he was waiting on the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So, so Simeon here, in Simeon, so in essence... This man, all of a sudden, he sees Jesus, recognizes him as the fulfillment of what the Holy Spirit had promised him. And what does he say? He doesn't say this in the scripture. But what is he saying in his head? I can finally die. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing, right? But basically, that's what it's saying. Like, he had been told, like, you're not going to pass until you see the Messiah, until you have the Lord's Messiah has been revealed. Um, and then it's interesting, right after that, Right after that, who comes on the scene is a woman named Anna. Anna. Interesting. A man and a woman here. So it says this about her. There's also a prophet. Prophet. A female prophet. Interesting, right? A prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel and the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So, so what we see here are two people who see Jesus and recognize that, that finally God has given us what we've been waiting for. And waiting a long time for. And, and it's interesting. If you um, go on your phone, computer, tablet, whatever, and you Googled Anna and Simeon, just about every time, if you go to like the little pictures tab, every time, you know, what would you imagine them looking like? They're super old. 
They're super old. This is one rendition of an artist. Here's another one. That's uh, from, the, I think, about 4th century or so, a painting. And that's a nice little cartoon version right there. But they're super old people, right? And, and there's actually a legend. A legend. There's lots of legends in the church, by the way. Sometimes we have to filter through what the Bible says versus what is legend. But there's a legend about Simeon that says he was over 200 years old when this took place. Like, think about that. The spirits promised him that he wouldn't die until he saw Jesus. But, but then the scripture is very clear, very clear. It comes right out about Anna, right? And it says, it said, literally says the words, and she was very old, very old. And I don't know what qualifications for that are, by the way. But um, if you do the math here, though, you figure that she's somewhere between like 84 and 105, depending on how you figure things. Um, and imagine this is, the life expectancy at this time is around age 50, so, so this lady had been living a long, long time, especially in her, in her work as a, a, and role as a prophet. Um, and so Anna and Simeon are there almost like a reflection on this waiting, embodying what had been taking place over the centuries. So I'm going to look to them and ask today, um, and ask the question, so what can they teach us about waiting? What can they teach us about Waiting, holy waiting in, in life, in prayer, and in faith. Um, and, and I think the first thing that they show us, first, is a miracle delayed is not a miracle denied. So let that sink in. A miracle delayed is not a miracle denied. And, and that's really a fancy way of saying miracles take a while. Things take a while. Things don't happen just overnight. And, and so I've noticed in my own life, maybe you recognize this, but, but God's timing is not my timing. God usually takes a whole lot longer. And no, he's never late. He, he's, he's never late. But he's hardly ever early as well. Uh, and there's lots of examples in, in Scripture that talk about this. You know, in the promises in the Bible, how long it took for God to fulfill. Israel prayed for 400 years to be released from Egypt. When they were waiting to get in the promised land, it took 40 years. The promises of the Messiah took thousands of years before Jesus arrived. As we talked about that last week. And can you catch a pattern here? God is faithful, but it usually takes a long time. It usually takes a long time. And I hope that for you, things don't take 100 years or 80 years. But I think, yes, we can recognize and realize that, yes, God acts and answers prayers, and we ought to have high expectations of God, but also realize that God's timing is not the same as ours. And almost always, it takes longer than what we think it should. And think about like the, how hard that is for us, right? How hard it is for me. Um, our culture, we're so efficient, and we have deadlines and schedules, and even alarms you put on your phone. Um, psychologists actually tell us that you and I, we don't really mind waiting, as long as we know how long we will wait. It's very true. That's why we have things like these. That's what, when you ever you go somewhere, you know how long you're going to wait. People have caught on. And they always overestimate it to make you feel better. Isn't that true? You know, whether you're looking, checking ER wait time or you're at the DMV, looking PennDOT, getting renewal, right? Always overestimate that. Or you're driving and it's like, you know, 10 miles to this place in 12 minutes. You know, they usually overestimate it because then what happens? You get there early and you're like, yeah, right? I beat it. I beat it, right? But when we know how long it's going to be to wait, it makes us feel better. You know, even on the phone, 
When they tell you you're second in line, okay, that makes you feel a little bit better than when you're tenth in line. Or, you know, estimated wait time is five minutes. Okay, you're able to wait that long without, as opposed to not knowing how long. But it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating when we have to come to a practice of waiting and not know the time. See, when it comes to God, God does not give us a billboard to say estimated wait time, you know, two years, five months, and six days. Like, he doesn't do that. He doesn't give us exactly how long. And, and it's a frustrating for us because it's a kind of waiting that we have to practice that we practice nowhere else in life. But it's important to remember that just because it, it, God is taking longer than we think he ought to, it doesn't mean that God forgot us. It doesn't mean that God forgot or that even we're being denied. You know, if Anna and Simeon can show us anything, it's that God takes his time. A miracle delayed is not necessarily a miracle denied. But, but it's not just that. I think they also point to something else. And something else is that it's also important to wait without deadlines. To wait without deadlines. Or better to say, it's better to wait without ultimatums for God. You and I do this all the time. Like we have like a time stamp we want or desire God to act. We're fine as long as we have a predetermined amount of time that we're willing to wait. But then after that time goes by, after that time expires, that's when we lose our marbles, right? You know, there's other areas in life that this happens. You know, we do it with people. We do it with people all the time. And usually we don't tell them what the timeline is. It's kind of a test. You know, you know this, the dishes aren't cleaned or the trash is not out by 9 p.m., what do you do? Just go off. He forgot, right? She forgot again. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? You know, at work, if a colleague doesn't reach out to help by a certain time, you know, you've been waiting and waiting, and they haven't said anything yet. Like, oh, I thought they're supposed to be in the project with me, you know. But then after three days go by, you're like, mentally, you're like, I'm done. I'm done with them. Like, they're not willing to help. They're not willing to do anything. They're not willing to be a part. And, you know, we haven't told them necessarily the timeline that we've been waiting on. Or, we do this a lot, right? Somebody doesn't text back within three and a half minutes. Oh, good Lord. What, right? Like, they hate me. Something bad going on. Maybe they're dead. Maybe they're, they're gone. Maybe their phone blew up, you know, depending on what the relationship is. If it's a child and a parent versus a friend or, or someone you're dating or a spouse or whatever it might be. Like, oh, my gosh, like if they don't text back in three and a half minutes, all that stuff goes through your mind. You know, and I, we do that all the time. But I finally realized that waiting is not the hard part. What gets us angry or frustrated is waiting when somebody else misses a deadline or an expectation that we've set. We grow angry and cynical, and we do that with God, too. We put ultimatums on God. And, and then sometimes we put that ultimatum on, if he didn't do this, if he didn't heal this person by this date and didn't do this and fulfill this for me, then we're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. But, but, but we have to recognize there's something else going on here. There's something else, and, and what came to mind was a story of a, of a woman um, who, have, who had a son who was really wrestling with addiction throughout his entire life, and, um, and so as a good mom, like, she tried to help him, tried to get him into rehab, into therapy, into groups, um, and, and so time and time again, he got into these very, very harmful behaviors, and finally, she had to give him some boundaries, um, but all the while, she was praying and waiting waiting for him to realize that he needed help. And so, um, and so a friend of mine asked her, um, how, 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 how did she do that? Like, 
how did she pray and wait and hold that tension there? And, um, and I'm going to quote her here, but she, she said this. She said, I learned a long time ago that I had to let go of the expectation it would happen today. That turned every day into a new disappointment, and I would get angry and bitter and cynical. I had to let go of the timing but hold on to the outcome. Let go of the timing and hold on to the outcome. And, and what that did was that allowed her to wait with ex, uh, expectancy and hope instead of growing bitter or cynical or angry. And, and so think about that. What would it look like? What would it look like to hold on to the outcome for you, but to let go of the timing? To hold on to, with hope and prayer, the outcome, but necessarily to, 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 to release the timing. See, Simeon, he came to the temple, we're told, every day, expecting God would do it. And like she camped out there. She was visiting there all the time. And, and we notice like there's no notification or notice here that they got angry or upset that this wasn't happening. But it got me thinking, like, how are we waiting? You know, do we give God in our minds, do we give him in our prayer ultimatums? Or do we guard against that? And allow the, to embrace the hopeful outcome, but to let go of that timing. But then lastly, I think Simeon and Anna also show us that waiting time is not wasted time. Waiting time is not wasted time. See, there, there can be a misunderstanding that waiting is a passive activity. You know, you're sitting on the couch going like this, eating bonbons, like it's going to happen sooner or later. And, but that's not true. Waiting doesn't mean not doing Waiting doesn't mean not taking those, the steps that you need, you know, to, to maybe pursue that job or that career that you've been hopeful of or, or, or that person or that restoration or, or going to doctors when you need them. You know, that, that's not the kind of waiting that Anna and Simeon practiced. They didn't sit home. They didn't, every day they just showed up. They showed up, they looked, they listened, and it wasn't wasted. It wasn't wasted. It was fruitful. And I think we all have a story about that, about maybe a waiting time that you look back on now. When you were going through it, it was like awful, right? It was terrible. You just, you, you didn't know what to do with yourself. You wanted to make things happen. But we all have a time that we can look back on now, a little bit later, and recognize that there was something happening in that waiting room. There was something happening maybe in you or a preparation that needed to take place before you took that step. Um, even I recognize, like, before I came here uh, to, to Table Life Church, um, I've been waiting for a while to, uh, to be asked to be invited uh, to be a part of a lead role at a church. Um, I'd planted a church and been leading there, and that went really well. And, um, and then I had this very hopeful opportunity when I was in Virginia that I was being called to, to lead this other church. And then guess what happened? Like, my hopes were let up, and that let, kind of fell through, and there was a lot of things going on there. And I remember, like, sitting at home just, like, going like this, like, like, what am I doing, Lord? Like, I thought you maybe called me to this, and, and you, you called me out of the church plan to pursue this other thing. And, like, so, so what am I doing? And so it was a number of years that took place. But looking back, as painful as that was and uncertain as that was and what I was going to be doing, where I was going to be living, where I was going to go, you know, 
Um, even then COVID happened, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, like everything's delayed forever, right? <laughs> everything's shut down. My life is shut down too. Any prospect of hope for anywhere. Um, but I recognized that as I was waiting and as I was finally like approached to say, hey, you know, from our district superintendent, are you be interested in this church in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania? It's like, I'm like, where's that, right? Where's that? It's outside Harrisburg. Okay, I got it in my brain now. But um, before that happened, though, I can look back and say, like, I am grateful for that waiting time. I'm very grateful. I learned a whole lot about me. I learned a whole lot personally and, and some of the emotional development that I needed to take place inside, that I needed to get inside of me. I needed to learn some of more of the different ministries and ropes of leadership. I needed to be okay with allowing God to lead instead of me. And so I don't know if you have a story like that, but the question for me right now is, what are you doing while you wait on God? You know, are you serving? Are you growing, allowing yourself to be available to ways to grow? Are you being generous with whatever you have right now? You know, yeah, maybe you're waiting to win the lottery. Okay, that's, that's a good thing. But, but what about what you have right now, right? Are you able to bless others? You know, are you able to, to move forward, able to learn and take different experiences, you know, that, that this time would not be wasted? If you are, then your waiting is not wasted. There's something about that time that's rich, and dare I say, that can happen nowhere else. I think the hard part for me is that some things we can wait for, and they just don't happen. You know, Simeon and Anna, you know, their hopes were fulfilled there. Um, but, and that's a hard thing for me to say as your pastor, that sometimes you will wait for things, and they will not be fulfilled. They will not happen. Um, but, the last thing, but the thing that I notice about Simeon and Anna is that, get this, when you zoom out, you recognize that all their hopes and dreams and expectations were somehow fulfilled in Jesus. Were somehow fulfilled in Jesus. You know, and at this time in history, 2,000 years ago, people had all sorts of ideas about what the coming Messiah was going to look like. We've preached about that before. And did you know that the Jews at the time did not believe that the Messiah who would come would be God? They thought that the Messiah was going to be an earthly human being that was going to be sent to them by God. Not God himself. Nobody predicted it would be God himself. Nobody was expecting it would be God himself. But God psh, blew that out of the water here. When Jesus arrived on the scene, people didn't necessarily even see him as an answer to their prayer. But what it says about Anna and Simeon is that they saw their hopes and their dreams fulfilled in him. So where is your waiting room? You know, is it a relationship? Is it looking for friends? Is it a, an apology or forgiveness? Is it a meaningful job? Is it a diagnosis or getting help? You know, sometimes God turns out exactly what we want, but other times it does not happen on this side of heaven. But underneath, we have to recognize that there's something deeper. See, Scripture says that when we, we give Jesus a chance, those undergirding hopes and prayers are actually fulfilled somehow in an unlikely way in the coming of Christ. Unlikely way in Jesus. You know, and, and so, friends, I wish I could tell you today how long your waiting room and your waiting time is going to be. I wish I could tell you exactly what is going to come, what should, you should look out for, but I can't. But what I can do, I can do, I can encourage you not to give up. I can tell you that the waiting room can be a worthwhile room to be in. 
And, and so for all of you in the waiting room and waiting for something, I want you to be encouraged today not to give up. Uh, but also, to those of you who are not waiting on anything, or maybe you're afraid to wait on every, anything, I want to tell you this. Get with the program, people. I want to tell you that because it, I want you to allow your faith to generate hope and dreams that are worthy of God. Don't live a life that can be solely accomplished by you on your own power. Dare to dream. Dare to hope. Dare to be disappointed. Live a bigger life than just a small life that you can control. And so what Anya and Simeon show us is that our waiting is not wasted. Miracles delayed are not denied and that it's worth it to wait without deadlines. It can draw us closer to God instead anyway. So life and faith are waiting room. It's a waiting room, but it's a worthwhile room. A room you may be sitting in a while, but that somehow, and Simeon, show us that it's a place that we find that fulfillment in one place alone, and that's in Jesus. Let's pray.